0: Well, follow that, eh? <laughs> well, It does seem uh, quite interesting that uh, this morning's topic is Everyone's a Witness, and the subheading was Supernatural Witness. How apt is that? And uh, I was actually going to just say a little bit about what Sam has just said. I just love to see people getting a touch of the Holy Spirit and getting, being on the floor... Because they're having a great time down there. I can remember one church um, when we were in and somebody was prayed for at the front. And they actually went out in the spirit. And that was something that didn't normally happen in that church. And people were panicking. You know, somebody thought they'd fainted. Somebody was about to dial 999 and call the ambulance. But if you saw anything this morning that you just want to talk about, do, do come and speak. Because it was the Holy Spirit just having his way. You know? And I do love to actually see, see that happen. But uh, so... On to the subject of today. I think there's another slide with the subtitle on. Everyone's a witness, Pete. If you could uh, just move on to that one, that would be good. Now, when we use that word witness, I think it produces an immediate reaction in people. And with some people, it can be dread. I've got witness. Uh, Other people, they can actually switch off. You know, this doesn't apply to me. Unless, of course, you're one of those natural whiz kids who just seem to find the whole thing really easy. And some people just seem to naturally know how to begin a conversation with someone you've never met and say all the right things. And can I just reassure you, most people don't. And I include myself in that. And I think part of the problem can be, you know, we can, use, uh, we can look at some of the YouTube clips and see examples of someone going up to a complete stranger, having this amazing word of knowledge about their situation, saying, can I pray for you? The person's miraculously healed. A demon is cast out. Um, They give their lives to Jesus and and are amazingly set free from their broken past. Now, those clips are out there, and i love to see when God does that. But the trouble is, us normal mortals, we look at those and think, I can't do that. And that's a very natural reaction. So I want to look at this subject of witnessing as briefly as I can from um, an everyday standpoint. And I don't want to have any you-must-do-this kind of approach and no judgment intended whatsoever. And I want to start just by looking at a story in the Old Testament which I believe is really relevant. Now, just a little bit of background. In the Book of Judges, you find that you get this cycle happening where the people actually, they're meant to be worshipping God, they forget who God is, they go off and chase all the pagan false gods, they get into sacrificing to the Canaanite pagan gods, even including child sacrifice, God then sends um, armies against them from the surrounding nations to oppress them. They then think, oops, we got something wrong. They cry out to God. God then sends a great deliverer in one of the judges. And then after a little while, it all goes back. They forget who God is. And the whole cycle goes round again. And if you look in the book of Judges, it goes round in cycles so many times. It's just amazing how quickly people forget what God has done for them. So that's one of the stories I want to just look at, and and in the one we're about to read, it's the Midianites this time, who were scourging the land, They, they would raid, they'd pillage, they'd plunder, they'd steal all the Israelites' food, and there's this man called Gideon, who was trying to thresh grain... In the hiding of a wine press. Now, anyone being anything to do with farming, you know, anything to do with corn and such like is very dusty and messy and, and, and uh, very unpleasant. And just tr- think it's bad enough in the open. But trying to thresh grain enclosed in a wine press, it must have been a really dusty, messy job. So we join the story in Judges 6. Eleven sixteen, 16, uh, sorry, verse 11 to 16. The angel of the Lord came down and sat under the oak tree in Ophrah, owned by Joash the Abiezrite. He arrived while Joash's son, Gideon, was threshing wheat in a wine press, so he could hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, courageous warrior. Gideon said to him, Pardon me, but if the Lord is with us, Why has such disaster overtaken us? Where are all his miraculous deeds our ancestors told us about? They said, Did the Lord not bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. Then the Lord himself turned to him. Do you notice that? The angel starts the conversation, and now God's taken over. Then the Lord himself turned to him and said, You have the strength. Deliver Israel from the power of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Gideon said to him, But Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Just look, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I'm the youngest in my family. The Lord said to him, Ah, but I will be with you. You will strike down the whole Midianite army. And Gideon did deliver Israel, but he didn't do it with a massive army, but just a few men that God showed him how to select. You can find the the story in, in, in Judges if you read on a little bit. But what's the point of that story? Do you notice Gideon's response? It was, I can't do that. And in reality, it's the same response we find with most people in the Bible when God gives them a calling. And probably it's the same with most of us as well. If we feel God's calling us to do something, you go, I can't do that. And it was true for Moses, it was true for Isaiah, Jeremiah, even Mary. But did you see Gideon's reason why? My family is weak, I'm too young. But God said, you have the strength, have I not sent you? Ah, but I will be with you. So he didn't have the strength from his own resources. Of himself, he was weak. But he became strong because God was with him. And so often our response is, I'm weak. I'm not very gifted. I'm not good with words. I have nothing that God can use. I'm too young or... I'm getting on a bit. You know, we can use all sorts of excuses as to why we can't do it. And I think the problem can be that sometimes we compare ourselves to other people. Don't compare. Your calling is not their calling, your calling is for where God has placed you. Now, look back at what the angel said to Gideon God is with you. Courageous warrior. God is with you. Courageous warrior. Other translations say, You mighty man of valor. He didn't say to Gideon, You coward. What are you doing cowering in a wine press? Even though that was the reality, God didn't see his weakness. What God did see was what he was capable of when God was with him. God saw his potential, not his weakness. Now remember, this was Old Testament. Gideon didn't have the Holy Spirit within him as we do in the New Testament. How much more potential do we have under the new covenant when we have the Holy Spirit living within us? So today's title it is supernatural witness. Now can I make a really important point here? All witness is supernatural. You can't have witness that isn't supernatural. There's no other kind. Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father draws him. That's supernatural. That is, for people to come to Jesus, the Father has to draw them supernaturally by his Holy Spirit. But don't think because God can do that. We heard Graham talking about the story this morning where God actually just spoke to or gave a Muslim a dream. Now, God can do it without us. Of course he can. He is God. He can do whatever he wants. But the amazing thing is, God seems to prefer to co-labor with us. And just like Gideon, we get sent. We have that calling. We have that calling to take that good news of the gospel now there's a very real tendency for us to think that we can do a better job for God if we had more gifting if we were stronger if we had a greater anointing all those excuses we can actually use and I've been there myself but actually it's a lie if you wait you will never do anything we have to step out with what we have you see God doesn't need your strength Did you realise that? He didn't need Gideon's strength. If there's one thing that God has plenty of, it is strength. What he wants is your weakness. I'm just pausing there because I want you to take that on board. It's really important that God wants your weakness because weakness is something that God does not have. That's why he wants yours because he says his power is made perfect in your weakness. And I think he loves it when we bring to him our weakness and we say, I'm available anyway. Use me in my weakness. I think there's some slides to move on to there, Pete. The clicker's not working today. So weakness is always supernatural. That was the first point. There's another one. His power is made perfect in weakness. The weaker we are, the greater the power. I believe that. Now, recently, we were praying with some folk about a project that we're involved with. And we were praying for God to send the right people in. You know, people with the right gifting, people with the right anointing. And, but actually, we got challenged by that because we actually thought about the Scripture. His power is made perfect in weakness. And we found our prayers changing. And we weren't praying for people to come in with the right gifts We started praying for people to come in with the right weaknesses. Interesting change, isn't it? See, in God's kingdom, things work differently. So, can I just say, just make yourself available just as you are. In your weakness, no excuses. And then ask the Holy Spirit to give you opportunities. Next screen. Yeah, you got it, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. Yes, right, well, you, you can leave it on that one. Sorry, we haven't got the clicker, so I'm trying to communicate with Pete. But uh, anyway, what opportunities should we be ready for? Well, Jesus tells us we should have opportunities to proclaim the kingdom of heaven, heal the sick, raise the dead to life again, cleanse those who have skin diseases, force demons out of people. Jesus said, I give you these powers freely, so help other people freely. Now, the priority there, I actually believe, is that we proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And that was Jesus' main message, if you look at the next screen. Because he said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the uh, the poor. And that was Jesus there quoting um, chapter 61 in Isaiah. And he then stood up in the synagogue and said, I'm the one that's talking about. This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing because Jesus was the anointed one. He was anointed to preach good news to the the poor. And what is that good news? That's something we need to get into our heads and understand what the good news really is. And the good news of the kingdom is that Jesus came to show the way back to the Father. Jesus came to declare that sin and death have been dealt with through his death on the cross. The past has been dealt with. Brokenness has been dealt with. Our failures have been dealt with. And he wants us as his friend and he loves us unconditionally. And that is so important for people to understand that. That there is a God who loves them unconditionally. And I want to say this morning, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Don't get tempted into argument and debate. There's a brilliant um, YouTube clip um, which involves Todd White. Some of you may have heard of him, the, the American evangelist. But he's in a restaurant and somebody comes up to him who's a very angry atheist and really wants to have a go at him and have an argument. And this chap comes up to him and he starts saying things like, your God wants to send me to hell. Now, how do you respond to that? Well, Todd White just loves the guy. And um, he's American, if you can put that to one side for a moment. But um, basically, he, he just loves the guy and he just responds, well, who told you that? My Jesus loves you. My Jesus wants a relationship. Everything that this chap comes at him with, he just responds with love and warmth. And do you know, he then throws a little bit of his own testimony in. That's important as well to know your own story and tells him what Jesus has done for him. And he just loves this guy into the kingdom. And the chap ends up giving his life to Jesus. It's so simple. And we need to keep it simple, I really do believe that. Don't argue, don't get sucked into debate. It's, it's not helpful. So that's the good news that we proclaim. And you know what? Jesus anoints us for the same task that he was anointed for as well. Because John says this, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. And I believe if we ask for opportunities to proclaim the kingdom... I do believe our prayers will be answered and we will be given those opportunities. And our job is to get over our embarrassment, get over our weakness, get over ourselves even, and take those opportunities. But what about the other supernatural stuff? You know, we've talked about proclaiming the kingdom, but it also talks about healing the sick, kicking demons out, raising the dead, and those are called signs And they are signs that when they happen, this message, this good news, is real. It is real. And I think we can see sort of almost like sharing our faith as being a little bit different to the supernatural stuff. No, it all comes together is part of the same good news of the gospel. So, one of the things I just want to say this morning is... One, one of the best ways I've found I'm actually witnessing is to offer to pray. Do you know I do think that so many Christians don't understand the power that they have within them. We've just seen the power at work this morning, the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit if you are a Christian. And it's greater than Gideon's strength. It's greater than Elijah's anointing. It's greater than anybody else, Samuel, anyone else you want to mention in the Old Testament. Because they did not have the Holy Spirit living within them. But you do. And Paul says it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's power, isn't it? And we have it. So if you get the chance, sometimes the best way of witnessing is to offer to pray for someone. And then you see the power at work, because you give God the opportunity. Now, we have all sorts of issues sometimes, aren't we? What if it doesn't work? What if nothing happens when I pray for someone? Do you know what? That's not your responsibility, Our responsibility is to step out and leave the rest to God. And you do have the power. And very few folks turn down being prayed for. And even if nothing seems to happen at the time, leave them feeling loved. You loved them. You prayed for them. You brought God into the situation. That's our job. The rest is God's job. I can think of one one or two times when people have turned down my offer of prayer. And on one occasion, I know it was because the person had actually been church damaged and there was a trust issue. But as I got to know the person, as the relationship developed over time, I offered again, and then he did actually say, yeah, I'll I'll take prayer from you. Um, But sometimes you just have to invest. You have to invest in people, and that's where the wisdom of the Holy Spirit comes in. But do expect to find the opportunities in the place where God has placed you. Now, I think that's important as well. Mission starts at home. We can think, oh, it's a lot easier to go off to Africa or somewhere and do mission where nobody really knows me and I'm not embarrassed and such like. Mission starts at home, a bit like charity starts at home. That's where we've got to learn to do mission. And just to give you a little personal testimony, when I was um, a young teacher, I didn't really talk about my faith, and I did keep it very close and personal. But I began began to feel really challenged by this, and I knew that if I believed it, I had to live it. And the member of staff who used to do the Christian Union found out I was a Christian and so he asked me to get involved in the work of the Christian Union in the school and I felt, yeah, I'm going to have to go for this and then word got round the school Mr. Roy's a Christian and actually they all said it with surprise, so I obviously didn't do a really good job of living it out before that for them to be so shocked, but actually it then happened that he stepped back from that and I took over the Christian Union and yeah, they, was, they were great times, they really were. And the Christian Union became a bit like church in school. We used to have, for a fairly small comprehensive school, um, 40 kids all coming along on a lunchtime. And we used to have a um, time of worship, we had invited visiting speakers in. And my daughter Andrea was in the school as well at the time as a pupil, which was... Sometimes a blessing, sometimes a challenge, but anyway. um, But she was a really great evangelist. And I I shall never forget, um, she used to drag people in literally. And I shall never forget the time when she brought this lad in from her form and she dragged him through the door by his tie. I kid you not. And he really didn't want to come, but he came and he stayed. And next week he came again. And you know, he became a Christian. Now, I don't know what you think about compelling them to come in. It could be scriptural, couldn't it? But it it seemed to work in this instance. And this lad, totally non-church background, became a Christian, got into church, even started doing a little bit of preaching. But as embarrassing as it was, and as difficult as it was, I had to live out my faith in the place where God had placed me. And these are the words of Jesus that was challenging to me. Can we have the next scripture? And I know there are many of you here who live out their faith in the place where God has placed you. And can I just say, when you live out your faith in the place where God has placed you, you are pools of light in a very dark world. Now, I could choose any number of you here, but I'm just going to embarrass Claire. And I did warn her that I would, but we just had cause to go into her shop um, Um, a while back, and, you know, I was so impressed because there really is a kingdom atmosphere in the place. And it wasn't just the corner of the shop where, you know, there are um, scripture verses and Bible-themed cards and gifts, but all that helps. What impressed me was the folks who come in regularly not to buy, but just to talk. And that's because they sense it's a safe place, and there's somebody there who's prepared to listen and give them time. And I think they are attracted to the light that is in that place. It's not just a shop. It's a ministry. Now, I'm, I'm not doing this so you, you all run in and buy stuff in Claire's shop. It's not an advertising thing. Because um, I know there are so many of you here. That if I knew your situation, you are also being light in the darkness. And for many of you, it's unnoticed. It's unsung, but God sees it all. That's really important to emphasize. And if you take nothing else away with you today, do take this. Witnessing is always a supernatural activity, but you have the power. If you have Jesus with you, you have the power because it's, it's God's power working within you. You have the strength because it's God's strength and his power. Power is made perfect in your weakness. Now, I'm not, I've trimmed down a lot this morning because of time. But um, I don't want to finish with any great appeal or demonstration. We've called people forward for prayer. But there's still time at the end. If you feel you know you should have come out earlier, you still can. If you want more power in your life, we'll still be very happy to pray for you. But what I want to do now is just actually pray. And I want to ask you to pray and I want to dare you to ask now for those God opportunities to come your way this week. How about that? And then we're going to pray for the strength and the power to take those opportunities. So shall we just pray? Yeah. Jesus... I just want to say thank you that your Holy Spirit was with us in power this morning. And it still is. And Holy Spirit, I'm just asking you now, come and take these words and just seal them in people's hearts. That your power is made perfect in our weakness. And I pray for more power over this congregation this morning in the places where you have placed them. I want to just give you a moment now just to pray, if you dare, for those opportunities to come your way this week. Just pray your own prayer. Jesus, would you send me opportunities this week to tell people the good news of the kingdom? And now, Jesus, I ask, For the power, I ask for the gumption to take those opportunities and just step out knowing that you are with them because your power is made perfect in their weakness. I just want to say one thing. If anybody here has never, ever realized there's a God who loves them unconditionally and gave his life for you, then do come and please talk to us at the end because we'd love to just show you the way to Jesus because he really does make a whole difference to your life. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Adrian.